But I don't want to be a secondary character And we're off to episode 11 of this podcast And uh, each week we get an episode from our beloved show Seinfeld And we talk about the secondary and minor characters that feature in it And uh, yeah, it's always a good ripping yarn, I guess that's the term my name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And yeah, like I said, back for our 11th week. And boy, last week was a good one with your uh, your parents. Oh, it was tremendous. It was so <laughs> much fun. Uh, they had a lot of fun too. Yeah, what do they think of it? Uh, beforehand, they were a bit apprehensive. Yep. Uh, they were a bit nervous just about their voices being recorded. Uh, but after some, shall I say, gentle encouragement, yeah. Um, coercion, yeah. if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you had a, you had yeah. a gun to their head. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, yeah. You, you better do this. No, I just guilt them. I yeah. said, if you love me, you'll do this. Oh, yep. Emotional manipulation. That's that's my bag. <laughs> you're, not uh, the, you're not the favorite child anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> um, well, that's Vi- fine. Yeah. I still got what I wanted. Whatever. Uh, we all did. Exactly. Yeah, so Vera and Kevin, if you're listening to this one, thank you heaps for being on the show. Yeah, no, it was really fun. Uh, they had more fun than I think they thought they would. Yeah. Uh, and they, yeah, it was great. I can't can't say anything uh, bad about it. Yeah. Obviously, I'm biased. They're my parents, and they're <laughs> great, yeah. and they are responsible for my uh, love of Seinfeld. Uh, but, um, yeah, tremendous. Yeah. Loved it. And I hope, uh, if you liked it too, let us know. Yeah, and if you missed it, you can go on our website, bidwabass.com, and mm-hmm. uh, you can subscribe to iTunes, and yeah. uh, you can listen to it. And we've also got some social media as well. Our handle for everything is at Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Yeah. Now, episode 11, Stephen. Now, not that there's anything wrong with this, but no. we're going to season four today. We, we are. We, we've, we've gone to season four a couple of times now. We have. It's yeah. it's the, I guess it's the true start of the golden age. Yeah, I think it's probably my favorite season. In the thick of it. Four. In the, the thick, thick of it, yeah. golden age. Yeah. So, Definitely. yeah, I right think we'll be going to this one a lot, I think. Yes, we will. So we're going to start off with the outing today. Classic episode. Yeah. Very good one, actually. Yeah. Season 4, episode 17. Yes. Yes. Um, Now, Stephen, I I listened to another Seinfeld podcast the other day about the outing, and they reckon that this this episode probably couldn't work um, in 2017. What do you think? uh, Yeah, I think that is fairly accurate. Um, I think it's not as necessary as it was maybe in the early 90s when, especially in mainstream media, television... Uh, you know, this is before Ellen coming out, which was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very monumental. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the idea of homosexuality was kind of taboo. And it still is to a lot of people. You know, yeah, we haven't course. gotten rid of that, you know, that lack of acceptance. But Not yet. No, it's, you know, it's a slow battle being won. But I just don't think there's not as much intolerance uh, from the media, at least, or from the, the general pop culture public. So I just don't think it would be necessary. Um yeah, so I, I just don't think it would hold as much weight. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, um, but it's still very good. Like at the time, it was it was still very good. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, it, I think I think it was very um, I, because especially for this one, it actually received an award from Glad, yep. uh, a Glad Media Award, and Glad stands for the uh, Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Yeah, they were founded in 1985, and they gave this one an award. So yeah, obviously the the uh, gay community at the time accepted the episode. I think it was handled very well, very tastefully, um, very gracefully as well. Yeah, cautiously. I think so too. I think so too. Um, and it didn't seem to... I did a tiny bit of research. There wasn't much around, which was surprising. I thought there would be a lot of articles about it, um, similar to when Ellen came out. I always compare it to that because to me they're sort of two landmark yeah. episodes or, or parts of 
sort of that that time in pop culture because that was huge too when Helen oh, uh, Helen it, came out. It too. wasn't yeah. just huge in terms of progress; it was huge. The 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 um, the response from the from the opposition was it was very controversial. You know, there were a lot of articles about you know all sorts of things. I won't go into it because no. uh, you know it's not really necessary. But I thought that this would have given um, you know that that group of the world uh, a, a similar sort of response, but. I couldn't find anything. I thought there would be controversial articles about, you know, how this is wrong and blah, blah, you know, we're supporting a lifestyle and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But there was nothing. So I think the fact that it was supported by the, by the gay community and obviously awarded, um, and also not sort of over the, over the top the other way as well. I I just think it it struck the balance perfectly well. I think it did too. Yeah. I read it. There was an article that came out, I think a couple of years ago. It was by Vulture. Mm -hmm. I think they're like an online website. Sure. The guy, he reviewed all, like he went to 169 episodes of Seinfeld, obviously not the clip shows. And you know, the two parters were divided into one episode. Yep. He called the outing the second worst episode ever of Seinfeld. I'm like, what? Second worst? Because of its jokes or because of... I think because he probably thought it was homophobic. Okay. You know, it was just kind of. I thought, nah, man, it's it, it's the wrong. He had the wrong idea. I was like, what are you doing? I think this it is did. the second worst episode, really. Yeah, I. Probably, this is top twenty, top fifteen. <laughs> you know, easy. Yeah. This episode, maybe. I don't know. I think I, he probably misunderstood it. Yeah, I've never heard it called homophobic by anyone. No, I don't. I just regardless. I, I just of think he. I just think whoever wrote the article. I think they just looked at it the wrong way. Yeah, it was maybe. just something they probably thought. Oh, it sounds it's about like gays. a misinterpretation. I think, I think it's probably misinterpretation. He's like, oh, gays. Oh, that's offensive. Yeah, that's no, not. <laughs> yeah, I think just <laughs> the of, fact that it, yeah. tu- it 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 pardon the pun it touches, <laughs> um, you know, on homosexuality just as a as a as a concept as yep. an idea. Yeah, like that isn't inherently taboo or, no, no you know okay that's that's really surprising yeah check it out vulture i think okay. it was like the seinfeld episodes defended definitively ranked okay something yeah google it vulture yeah, yeah it's right came out two three years ago yeah crazy okay. it's like, and i couldn't believe it i think it's important to mention as well um we'll probably elaborate on it through mm. the episode yeah that it gave birth to one of the most uh quoted lines just by by people in general not just um mm. seinfeld fans not that there's anything wrong with that not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with that at all and you've got to do the hands up movement yeah you have to you're like oh not that there's anything and the, the head to the side slightly like yeah it's but, all yeah. good it's all good people's sexual preferences are none of our business who am even, i yeah even yeah. though it's not really considered sexual preference per se no but inclination maybe? inclination yes. yeah yes um persuasion <laughs> yeah um yeah you could probably use a, a number of words there yeah you can i think yeah, that that line is something I hear even to this day. Yeah, quoted by Seinfeld fans and non-Seinfeld fans. I think it's like, uh, you know, no soup for you or yada yada yada. Oh just yeah, something that's transcended a catchphrase. Exactly, but mm. it's become more than just Seinfeld fans quoting Seinfeld. It's part of popular lexicon, yeah. which is awesome, which is incredible. Yeah, it's really I find cool, it amazing. Yep. Yeah, cool. So before we do get into the episode, you've got a bit of a Seinfeld news, which is your, uh, which is your kind of segment these days. Yeah, Steve. it's kind of become my baby in a way. It is. I think because I came up with the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've just been doing it. But you've got the synopsis, so no, yeah. it's all good. Yeah, we do. So let's get into Seinfeld news. And we are recording in early to mid-May of yeah. 2017, in case you're wondering, hey, that's old. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I'll, give you the, I'll give you the time. Yep. So here it is, Seinfeld News. Indeed. Okay, so in this week's edition of Seinfeld News, I've got quite a bit to get through. Okay, so let's I'll make, go this, through it. make it quick. Yeah. Yep. 
So uh, first one, and you brought this to my attention, and I disappointed you by saying I'd already, uh, I'd already realised this, uh, Ivan. Simpsons did it. That's it. South Park reference. Pretty Simpsons much. Did it. Uh, did so it. in the week ending uh, around the fourth or fifth of May, there are a number of articles, uh, mostly U.S. finance news um, uh, publications and sites, uh, and they described that that week's U.S. stock market activity. Uh, as flat, nothing happened. Yeah, that's they, right. Not, not, no losses or gains. No. Yeah. So crazy. to be to be uh, specific, the market rose 05 percent over five trading days, so Monday to Friday, and the S and P five hundred, which is kind of like a group index of uh, large performing companies, Standard and Poor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's not a very good measure. It's an old fashioned thing that's not regarded by economists. Just as a side note, mm. uh, in case you care. Uh, I <laughs> probably, don't. Probably don't. <laughs> I don't even know how I know that. Yeah. yeah I um. I need to listen to you different podcasts. Capitalist pig. Yep. So <laughs> my um my uh share trader days are, are behind me. Yeah. Um, and that didn't move by 0.48 percent either way. So I guess in stock market terms, that's pretty flat. And it was described, kind of you know comically in a way as uh as a as a Seinfeld trading week because nothing happened, a, a trading week about nothing. So yeah. there you go. Not newsy, but fun. But it is fun, yeah. No, when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, because he described it as the Seinfeld market. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes it mentioned Seinfeld, so it's included in Seinfeld it news. It is, yes. Yep. Next segment or next uh, news clip you got there? What's that? Yeah, so uh, I was just surfing around and Paste Magazine, which is kind of an online culture magazine, they cover arts and pop culture and all sorts of things. They ranked every comedian's in car getting coffee episode from worst to best. Uh, at the time, there was 59 episodes. This that's, was a couple yeah, of weeks ago. That's heaps. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize there were so many. It's been going on for about seven or eight years. I, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I've only watched a couple of episodes, so I don't know a lot about it. Um, I won't go through them, obviously. Of course. The worst one, which was surprising because I've seen it and I thought it was great, number 59 was Ricky Gervais. Um, oh, okay. And yeah. I, I find him hilarious. I think he's great. Yeah, he's pretty and, good. Yeah, and Jerry's great. And their chemistry, I thought, was great. I rewatched it and I thought, this it's not you know, the best, but it's not terrible. Isn't that the one where Ricky Gervais shits himself because he hates, he's scared of driving or something? Yeah. Is that he the doesn't, one? He doesn't drive. He doesn't drive. He, yeah, he's never right. driven. He doesn't have his license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But luckily he can afford his own driver, so he's sweet. He's good. Yeah. Even if he could drive, he probably would still have his own driver. Do you reckon Carl Pil- Pilkington would be his driver? I wouldn't trust Carl Pil- Pilkington. Yeah, I struggle to say his name too. Yeah. Carl Pil- Pil- Pilkin- Pilkington. Pil- Pilkington. Pilkington. Yeah. Jeez, man. I'm trying to say that after a few beers. Yeah. <laughs> with him. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love him, but I wouldn't trust him with, with anything. Yeah. Um, number one was with Judd Apatow. Okay, who, yeah, yeah. The who, director there, yeah. 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 Uh, well, he used to be a stand-up comedian, yeah. and apparently he's a, almost like a, um, like a comedy historian. He's, a, he's not just a nerd, he's like a super nerd. He knows everything about everything about everything about stand-up comedy, its history, all sorts of things. Um, so the show was mostly, mostly him. That episode was mostly him just talking about old comedy weird bits and pieces and stuff and showing off all these like really obscure paraphernalia yeah so that was kind of fun because it's always fun to watch people nerd out on stuff but the the chemistry between the two was fine i you know i guess it comes down to personal taste but i wouldn't rank it as number one but that's fine oh fair enough hey you know it's it's yeah. a subjective list and yeah uh, exactly it just change it just it just surprised me that's all yeah um so uh the third bit is uh there's a comedian called trevor noah um, I don't know much about him. I've heard the name. He took over the Daily Show from John Stewart. Okay. Yeah, I think he's the new Daily Show guy. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'd heard the name. I didn't know much about him. He was like John Stewart's protege. Like okay. in the last couple of years, he he'd be like 
like a, a side like you know one of those the side characters yep you know on the show secondary so, character secondary oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> we should do late night talk show secondary characters I wouldn't mind doing a John Stewart podcast yeah Daily that'd show. be cool that'd be freaking cool yeah <laughs> yeah that like would him. be very cool cool guy hey John uh, if you're listening yeah you're a fan. hey buddy <laughs> if you are then cool yeah um <laughs> yeah so he told a, a funny little story about his um experience with Jerry Seinfeld um, Trevor Noah at some time in the early 2000s moved to New York probably to further his comedy career because um, it's kind of the mecca for that I guess and in that time of his life he met up with um, Jerry Seinfeld and he convinced Trevor to buy a car and he said this is not LA you don't need a car you can just walk everywhere it's a walkable city there's traffic blah 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 I don't need a car he eventually convinced him to buy a car um, and he was driving around at some point after that maybe a year or two after that and he was in, I think he was in upstate New York because yeah. he described it as like hills and long roads. And he saw Jerry driving around. And uh, as you may know, Jerry is a classic car fan. He's oh, a, yeah. He's a massive car fan. Huge. Yeah. And massive. he was driving some old amazing car probably. <laughs> and he saw him from a distance and he yelled out. He was like, hey, Jerry, it's me. You know, just saying hello. And Jerry didn't realize who it was. And Jerry thought he was some crazy fan <laughs> trying to stalk him and, and um, you know, sort of come up to him. So he took off in his car and drove off and tore off up the street. Yeah. And Trevor didn't figure out what was going on. So he followed him thinking that he didn't hear him. Oh, and Jerry thought that he was being chased. Yeah. yeah so followed. they were, yeah. they were both yeah. misunderstanding the situation. Eventually he caught up to him. I think he said he pulled up at a, at a service station or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he yeah, pulled up yeah. behind him. And once Jerry saw him, he, you know, he sort of he realized understood. what... He yeah, put two and two together and exactly. thought, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And, he, okay. and he, said, <laughs> he said at that point he only stopped him and continued chasing him because he needed to tell him that he wasn't a crazy person chasing him. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So oh I thought that was funny. The way he told it was was pretty um pretty funny. I think you can find it on YouTube if you want to watch that. Oh boy. Yeah. I'll have to now. Yeah. yeah. This this one blew my mind and I love it so much. I saved it for last. I did not know this, maybe you did. Well, um hit it hit the, it to me. So Jay Peterman, as we know, is a secondary character. Yes. He's who a, maybe one day we'll do an episode of him. Wink we, wink. Yeah, we will at yeah. some point. That he and his company is based on a real company, the J. Peterman Company. Yes, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And they are a catalog clothing company. They're yep. exactly like... Yep. I had no idea. No, I knew that. Not at all. Yep. Uh, so I found an article. The J. Peterman Company is uh, opening a warehouse. So up until this warehouse is open, I think it's in May or June. Where? Which, where? Where's the warehouse? Uh, in the US somewhere. Oh, I thought um, you meant Melbourne. Australia. No, 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 oh, no, no. In, in, okay. in Ohio. Blue Ash, Ohio. Oh, okay, On cool. May 13th. Nice. Which is uh, in a couple of days at the time of recording. And is the actor who played J. Peterman, will he be there? Uh, that would be awesome. <gasps> it didn't say that. So oh. I had no idea that this existed. I had no idea at all. It's normally a catalogue brand... Um, he's opening a warehouse that's described as like a no-frills warehouse where you just walk in, you know, bulk clothing, yeah, walk yeah. around and select it. Like Costco for clothes. Basically, sort yeah. Sort of, yeah. yeah. Um, and their website is super clean, super refined. I really like it. Um, you know, design wank. <laughs> design wank. <laughs> design wank. Ew. Design wanker. Um, no, not... Oh, always taking it to the gutter. On with it. On with it. <laughs> what, the wank? You, know. you take over for a bit. Oh. <laughs> Give me like 45 seconds. Give me a break. I'll go look at the J. Peterman website. Uh, Design porn. We're talking about the outing very soon. We are. (laughs) This is the outing. I wank on air. Not that there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. I feel like that that's going to be a recurring joke. Any person's (laughs) sexual perversions is their business. (laughs) Sexual perversions? Masturbation is a healthy part of uh, being a human. Anyway. So J. Peterman... Yeah, he's real hot. <laughs> um, looked, I, I looked at the real it must brand. Must be those cool arts. That's it. <laughs> he looked like a skirt. 
<laughs> you have to say it in the Jay Peterman voice for it to be funny. Looks like culottes. Yeah, it's hard to do. Elaine. 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 He's so sort of like... Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. That was actually pretty good. Oh, thanks. So I thought it would be fun to read out a Jay Peterman description because they're as terrible as the Seinfeld, um, you know, makes fun of the Seinfeld, as Seinfeld makes fun of. So this is a description for the, it's called a product called the Old Money Shirt. And it's like a pinstriped um, shirt that you would probably see like an investment banker wear. And I'll read this verbatim. May we put in a word for the much bashed, bashed wasp, which is a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. It's an old term to describe old white people with lots of money in America. Not the insects that sting you. No. No. Uh, industry, conscience, civic mindedness, a wholehearted belief at best in uh, the level playing field. Those aren't bad things. And neither are the clothes. These shirts, for example, the kind favoured for casual... Sorry, the kind favoured for casual wear by <laughs> Skull and Bones members what with little summer places on Fisher's Island. Fisher's Island is an island off New York State. I'll oh, look that up as well. Jesus. And uh, a lot of rich people have holiday homes there. Oh, yeah. The colour suggests a capacity to enjoy the good things in life. They don't shout about it, though. They speak softly, which is how old money speaks. The reason is that the stripes are composed of mixed pinpoints of colour and white, two different cotton yarns woven together, much better than merely printing stripes onto the cloth. That's just the way it is. Old money shirt, number 1817, soft yarn dyed stripes and a fine Oxford cotton. That's Christ. soft and comfortable too. How, how long is this thing? Jesus. It's, uh, it's almost over. Okay. Double yoke and a pleat in back. <laughs> Pearl shell like buttons. Save your crisp sea island poplin for the boardroom. Made in Portugal. Not made in the US? Nope. Jay Peterman. I thought that that was just amazing. That discovery blew my mind. It made my day. Incredible. Anyway, the last part, and I know I've been going on for a while. I said I've got five. Um, this is kind of similar to that fake, um, uh, in a way, kind of similar to that fake uh, medical article that was what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, a, a study published in the American Society for Microbiology has found that picking your nose and eating it is probably actually really good for you. Ah, yes. Yeah, oh, so, I read that too. Yeah, so apparently snot is a cure-all that prevents bacteria from sticking to your teeth, um, as well as boosting your immune system generally. So and the peak uh, episode was a prophecy. Yes. Um, so it wasn't about Seinfeld specifically, but it can be related to that because that is a tremendous episode. It, it was is. on the outside. It was on the outside. It was on the scratch. The article uh, that I read you know, basically summarized the research and their last two words described what I think most people's sentiments would be, which is fucking yuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could imagine because it's not really a part of social etiquette to no. eat your own boogers. No. <laughs> Maybe in the privacy of your own podcast recording studio. Hey, I'm doing that now. Yeah. I'm wanking. You're picking. Actually, I do pick my nose sometimes. Yeah. My, my girlfriend doesn't like it. but I do <laughs> I do a bit of a cheeky pick and flick sometimes. <laughs> oh, the pick, not the pick and uh, the eat? No. No? No. <laughs> Try and eat food. Yeah. Yeah. Food. But, you know, it's coming up to winter. It's getting colder, so maybe, <laughs> I'll, um, maybe I'll consider this article more seriously. Maybe. <laughs> we, maybe you should, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Seinfeld News is getting more and more elaborate every time. It is. Which is fine. Yeah. It's great. It's fun. Yeah, it is. And that was booger. I mean, Seinfeld News. <laughs> Let's go to a quick... Thanks for the nose news, neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, indeedy. <laughs> well, let's go to a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about the outing. And you're uh, listening to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Sounds good. Oh, God, you're that girl in the coffee shop that was eavesdropping on us. I knew you looked familiar. Oh, no! Oh. No! I know, I know, get going. There's been a big misunderstanding here. Yeah, yeah. We did that whole thing for your benefit. We knew you were eavesdropping. That's why my friend said all that. It was on purpose. We're not gay. 
Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, of course not. I mean, it's fine if that's who you are. Absolutely. I mean, I have many gay friends. My father's gay. Look, I, I, I know what I heard. Heard? It was a joke. All right, look, do you want to have sex right now? Do you want to have sex with me right now? And welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Australian-based podcast talking about the secondary characters of our much-beloved television show, Seinfeld. And character, you're with... character, character. Sorry. Yeah, and I'm Stephen, and that's Ivan on the backing vocals. Yeah, I think so. Not yeah. Harmony. So we've just covered some Seinfeld news, and uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to it if for some reason you're starting a podcast at 20-odd minutes in. Um, <laughs> so I guess we better get into the episode, uh, The Outing, Season 7. Uh, sorry, Season 4. Season, I was going to say, not quite Season 7 episode. No, no. not yet. Season uh, 4, Episode 17, and I believe it's the second or third time we're getting into Season 4. It's I think so. 11 episodes in, so yep. uh, The Old Man was one, I think. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was The Old Man. That was Episode 16, I'm pretty sure, or 18. Episode two. It was yeah, it was close. It was consecutive to this. I think it was the next one after the outing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, yeah, we're, we're uh, it's very close. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. All right, quick synopsis, as we always do each week. So, The Outing, written by Larry Charles and directed by Tom Sharones. The Outing first aired on February 11th, 1993 in the United States. In this one, Elaine, George and Jerry are at Monk's Cafe and they notice a woman eavesdropping on their conversation. As a joke, Elaine pretends to talk like George and Jerry are lovers, with everyone but Jerry going along with it. The woman turns out to be a New York University reporter named Sharon, who's played by Paula Marshall, who doesn't realise Jerry was one of the three at the cafe before she arrives at his house for an interview. Many things occur during the interview which convinces Sharon that George and Jerry are together. You know, different uh, <laughs> various things that happen. You yeah. Know? Yes. Like fruit washing. Like fruit washing or he doesn't like my shirt. You know, Do you hear of, the way he talks to me? Yeah, he talks to me. Oh, my! you should hear what my boyfriend says to me. Yeah. It's like, what? My boyfriend... <laughs> What? What? Yeah, Jerry's like, what? What do you mean? I love how he's trying to put the pieces together as the interviews go progressing. He's He's kind of dismissive at the start, like, Mm. okay, whatever, you know. And then as it goes on, after about the fifth sort of comment by her, he goes, like, what are you you talking about? He realizes that something's up. It's so good. And I love George's reaction. He's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Let's have sex right here, right now. (laughs) Yeah, let's go, baby. Come on. You want to have sex? (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. Not at all. I know I have many gay friends. My father's gay. (laughs) My parents, they don't know what's going on. I love when George says, my father's gay. (laughs) It's like, what? But that's George. He would just make up a lie on the spot. Just to try and cover his ass. And he doesn't need to cover his ass. He he can just admit fault. It's okay. Yeah. Ah, fucking George. Anyway. So they realise this, that Sharon realises, or he thinks that they're gay. And they strenuously deny that they're gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. The interview is eventually published by the Associated Press after being published by the college. Uh, George uses the opportunity to break up with his emotional girlfriend Alison, played by Carl Coleman, and oh, sorry, Carrie Coleman. Mm-hmm. I should say not Carl. Mm-hmm. Carrie Coleman, who actually makes an appearance in the Smelly Car. We talked about that in episode four. Alison, holy shit, she does. Too. Yes, that's where um, at the end Susan breaks up with Mona, mm-hmm. and then Alison comes in and runs mm-hmm. into George, and Susan and Alison give each other the eyes. Didn't even put that. That's Alison. Yep. That's why when we did the Smelly Car, I didn't feel like we should talk about Alison because she's more prominent. In ah, the outing, so you've got a much better memory than I do. Oh yeah, yeah. So I thought we'd just talk about Allison in this one. Yeah, perfect. So George, um, Jerry ends up dating Sharon to convince her that 
he's not gay, and George tries to act gay in front of her and Alison, but Jerry doesn't want to go along with it. Sharon's convinced they're lovers and ends up leaving Jerry's apartment. The episode ends with Kramer and a man who ends up being the phone guy. Very good looking man. Very good looking man. Very well chiseled faced man yeah <laughs> going to kramer's apartment and kramer saying oh he's just the phone guy yep and he closes the door and comes back and says nothing there's anything wrong with that 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 last shot when it sort of frees they put their hands the up. credits yeah and all of them are like you can't see me but they're like yep, yep. nothing wrong with that at yeah. all yes yeah yeah um and the sentence just cut a bit of trivia about the episode the sentence not that there's anything wrong with that was used eight times during the episode yeah wow by various characters do you think if it wasn't repeated so much and sort of, you know, it gets embedded in your mind as you're watching it, it would have been as popular a catchphrase? Or do you think that repetition helped? Like, it's a great line. It's a great bit of writing. But do you think that repetition also helped make it become such a popular catchphrase? If yes. it was used only, say, twice, do you think it would be as, as mm. popular? Yes, I think the repetition and also the context of using mm. the sentence, you mm. know, like, you don't want to seem politically incorrect or offensive, Yep. you know. If it's like, you know, you mentioned something to do with race or gender or sexuality or anything like that, yep. you don't want to be seen as racist. You say your rant, yep. and then you say, oh, not there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be seen as kind of, hmm. you know, you don't want to be seen as, as putting down or yeah. patronizing a particular group. Yeah, You know exactly. what I mean? So I, I like the fact that that can be used, like that is used by many people to kind of deflect you know yeah yeah i think yeah, in true. a way i think and i think that's why it's really embedded in the lexicon mm. i think because you know you might say i, I can't give an example no no i know moment, what you mean it can be it can be used for almost any situation yeah and then if you just tack that on at the end it's like oh actually yeah i, I get what you mean that's fine yeah you're not trying to put them down yeah you're just basically saying not that there's anything wrong with that oh, yeah well, it no, can kind of lessen the impact of like the potential interpretation you know, of a of a statement or someone's opinion, hmm. sort of lessens it a bit. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it takes the sting out of it if it if it's supposed to be like that. Maybe. Ex- yes, yeah. exactly. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the episode won a Glad Media Award, and uh, Glad stands for the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. A couple of good lines that I liked in this episode: Kramer when he finds out that George and Jerry will are uh, gay. Yep. You know. Parentheses. Parentheses. I thought we were friends. Yep. He walks in the door, slams the door. I yep. thought we were friends. <laughs> and, <laughs> and when when uh, when Jerry tries to explain, he's like, ah, 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 puts ah, his hand up, doesn't even give him an opportunity to explain. Well, you're thin in your thirties and you're single. And so then, are you. Yeah. And then Kramer's like, oh, oh, oh. <gasps> that shock. And yeah. he does like a spin. And as he's walking back to his apartment in complete shock, yeah. he looks back at him like, <laughs> do you reckon he questioned his home, his sexuality? Because, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. sure he would have had a deep reflective night. And he probably thought the phone guy was all right looking. Mm. And he probably thought, maybe I'll have a chance. And he yeah. thought, no, it's all in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Jerry did him a favor. Maybe he awoke his true self. He, he did, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. And uh, Jerry, another another line that I liked when Jerry reads the paper, when he gets called over by those two guys at the cafe and they talk about the uh, article, I've been outed. I wasn't even in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, it is good. Uh, yep. And when George finds out the revelation that his mother could find out that he's gay. Yep. My mother. My mother. Oh, my God. Oh, my, my mother. My mother. I just love when he screams, my mother. And he just runs out. Yeah. Yeah. I love, uh, I love it when they're at the hospital too. Sort of happens around the middle of the episode. Yes. Where George is sort of awkward because uh, next door there's a there's a, um, a patient behind a curtain yep. getting a sponge bath. And male patient and uh, by a male nurse. That's it. Yeah. And, and that's um, a thr- back to the contest 
It is too. Because in the Same. contest, it was women, two women. That's right. But this is like a few episodes after the contest. By the way, the contest is my number one favorite Seinfeld episode okay. ever. And I can't wait to do that one Monday. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do Maybe it. we'll save it for a special, like a 25th episode or a 20th or a 21st <laughs> or, or something. Like, or like The Simpsons, 138th episode. Yeah. Spectacular. We'll just pick an arbitrary number. Yeah. The 77th episode, spectacular. The contest. Just because it's Ivan's favorite. We sure should. We sure <laughs> Lock it in, episode 7. We haven't even figured out episode 13 or 14, <laughs> but uh, episode 77. Locked in. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, <laughs> some other secondary characters who were in this episode include Jerry's parents, mm-hmm. uh, who we talked about last week. Uh, Estelle Costanza, not Frank. Yeah. Uh, a Marine who comes out and thanks Jerry after reading the article, mm. you know, because they had the don't ask, don't tell policy in the military. I think that was a, given, you know, without going too much on about it, but, mm. you know, the, the context of this episode and the time and sort of what was going on politically, socially, um, especially with uh, Bill Clinton being recently elected. I think that was a really important scene to include, and I think it was really good. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get into that when we talk about him as to why, but I, when, when I watched it and I thought about it from that point of view, yeah. you know, from the longer term and bigger context, um, I really appreciate it. Whether it was deliberate or, or coincidental, um, I think it's just a really great addition to, to the overall idea and message of the episode. I think it was very nice too. I think I'm yeah. glad they added that in. Yeah. Yep. A couple of other secondaries, a male nurse and patient who we spoke about, you know, which calls back to the contest, that scene. Yeah. And the manager of monks who asked the gang to leave as they're being too loud. He's a tough motherfucker. He is. You would not want to fuck with him. No freaking way. Nope. So that was a plot synopsis of the outing, and uh, we are a podcast about secondary characters, so let's dive into them. Yeah. So... so I guess to start off in order of appearance, we'll just get them out of the way. Yeah. We talked about them in depth last week um, on episode 10, uh, What's the Deal with the Seinfeld Parents? Helen and Morty, um, they make a brief appearance when yep. they're talking to Jerry on the uh, phone. I just mentioned that. Yep. 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 And, um, and Estelle as well. So we won't mention them again, um, but they appear in the episode. Yep. Um, from the top, I guess Sharon is the main secondary character. Yes, played by Paula Marshall. Um, films and TV shows she's been in include Cheaper by the Dozen, Gary Unmarried, and Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. That must have been a direct-to-DVD film. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of it. Probably. Yeah, so Sharon, uh, to me, she's an aspiring journalist who mm-hmm. um, she, she'd she be studying this at NYU. She's a grad student, student, as Jerry mentions. Yep. I feel as though I think her journalistic skills are very amateur, even though she's studying... You know, you've never seen Jerry before. You've never heard of Jerry Seinfeld. You could have at least... She could have at least done some research on him. You know, even found... You know, you, there was no Google or anything back in the day, but she could have gone to the library and found some old magazine articles. I'm sure they index, like, newspaper clippings of him. I'm sure if you found his name in, like, the Dewey Decimal System or whatever, you know, whatever, in yep. whatever... Don't tell Kramer about the no. Dewey Decimal oh, he, System. He hates libraries, doesn't he? He does. He ha- loves librarians, but not libraries. Yeah. Write that one out. Yeah, I think she could have done at least a bit of research about him. You yeah, know? I, I... I think it's a bit silly. Like, he never attended his shows or nothing. It's just... You know, I never, I've seen this episode so many times over the years, and, you know, when we watch it, we think about these characters as people, mm. in a way, not just, you know, funny additional characters in a show, and I've never thought of that until I watched it from that point of view. And yeah. I thought exactly the same thing. Yeah. Uh, you awesome. know, I think I think her intentions are fine. I think she's just a young, idealistic journalist. You know, she wants to write what she sees as good stuff. But her process isn't very good. As you said, very amateur. The fact that she sort of has a few observations, you know, overhears a conversation in a diner. And I can understand how someone would interpret that. You know, that's that's the point of the episode. But... To, there's no vetting process, there's no no research, nothing. It's just 
There's no validation of her assumptions. It's just, uh, it could be true, so it is true. And yeah. I'll write an article. She literally writes fake news. Yeah, exactly. She, she, she it, This predates fake news as we know it today. She this is, is like the fake news. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. She would yeah. uh, find a very welcome place in the current American uh, cabinet. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, so I... Um, yeah, it's kind of frustrating. I, and I, I would think that students are kind of more idealistic. They're more by the book, especially journalists who are all about integrity and doing the right thing. And, you know, they're very idealistic, yeah. passionate. Um, and I always think of, like, students as more idealistic. If she was 50 and she'd been a journo for 30 years and she was just over it, she didn't give a shit. She was just doing it because it was easy and it paid her rent. Yeah, exactly. I could understand someone being, not that I would support it, but I could... I could understand how someone would decide to just not care. Yeah, be lazy. Right. You know? Exactly right. But the fact that she's like young, hungry, passionate, the fact that she doesn't go through the expected motions of what a journo should do is kind of confusing. And it was so frustrating. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. even, if, even if it was true, even if she talked to her, his parents and whatever and he was gay, you would, as you said, if you did some research... You would know that it's not public information. You don't just out someone. No. You know, that's up to them to decide if they're comfortable. Not He wasn't even you know, in. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> right. Like who the fact that she felt that she had the right to do that was was just really frustrating. I think it's very self entitled and exactly. uh, yeah, very self righteous. I in I, my bit. Yeah, I, I, I think I think her, her journalistic ethics are very poor. Yeah. Which is very poor ethics. And hopefully, yeah. you know, if uh, if she went on to have a, a long term career in journalism, which I think she would um, that, you know, this was a, a lesson learned and that she knew that, you know, that that's just not the right thing to do, not just for from a journalistic point of view, but just from how to treat other people. Yeah, I think also in terms of Sharon's age, mm. I reckon she's pretty young. I reckon she's like 20, 21. Yeah. And remember, Jerry at the time was like 36, 37 probably yeah. when this episode came Mid out. Mid to late 30s. Mid to late 30s. Well, he's, this is the first time I think that his age bracket at least is explicitly mentioned because mm. you know Kramer a lot of people oh, say late 30s late 30s, late 30s single yes. neat and thin yeah um so I would assume yeah 36 37 and I'm pretty sure Jerry Seinfeld was actually it was his nearest legitimate age yeah yeah 30 something but holy shit if she's like 20 mm. she's like 17 years younger than him well I did holy a couple of calculations shit. so yeah. she's in grad school which is typically done after you do an undergrad oh so she I must act- be early 20s then yeah oh, so okay. I right, did as right. best as I could I figured out what an undergraduate degree in journalism or arts at NY school would be in the nineties. NYU, yeah. Yeah. NYU. Um, It was three years in the nineties. Yep. Um, And typically a post-grad degree. It's kind of like our masters are honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Where you specialize. It typically lasts two years. It's like a job. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So a typical American school leaper finishes at seven, uh, sorry, 17. If she was at uni for, or college for three years after that, and then she was in a second year of grad school, which I, I don't know, I just, sort of guess that she would be I think she'd be 21 or 22 based on oh, the still, typical still young then yeah oh, oh, still yeah. young but I just I just thought how young could she be and I actually went back and did research Christ. about yeah good work man yeah Christ Jerry's a cradle snatcher holy shit <laughs> they're both adults oh well it's, yeah, it's just quite a disparity yeah I guess it's unusual but it's fine yeah you know. but she does mention that she was attracted to Jerry when they first met yeah she and mentions that at the end when they hook up yeah they're both attracted to each other and he likes her because she's like Lois Lane 
Yes, yes, that's right. And she's stoked with that. Yeah. You look at her reaction and she's she loves that. And a bit of trivia, in a two or three episodes time, the actress Terry Hatcher, who played Lois Lane in the 90s, ah. may, be, makes an appearance. Yep. So this, this uh, yeah, this references the episode, or I think in a couple of episodes time, she appears. Was that on the terrible Dean Cain Superman yeah, series? Yeah, 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 yeah. Was that just called Superman? Superman, I think The Adventures of Superman, uh, Lois and Clark or something. That, that's right. Yeah, yeah Lois yeah. and Clark. But, she, but uh, she, ironically, she was actually Lois Lane. Yeah. So Lois Lane would have, like, Hypothetical um, apostrophes mm. would be on Seinfeld yeah, two right. three episodes later. Oh, there you go. In season four, there you go. One thing that was also a bit frustrating, and this is on the assumption that she's in a uh, platonic um, relationship, oh, uh, is the yes. fact that she mentions a boyfriend a more boyfriend. than once, yes. but she still goes over to Jerry. I mean, they might be in an open relationship or whatever. She might have recently broken up with him. Maybe but they don't say that. But if we assume they're in a in a platonic um, monogamous relationship. Is she cheating on him? Yes. Yes. Um, or maybe it's just puppy love, you know? But Maybe still, it's her like, first love. Yeah. Like, oh, but, my boyfriend. But if, no. if you agree to be monogamous with someone, you don't just go and make out with, like, some older comedian or anyone. She's, I don't know. Yeah, she, I, I just think that her morals and ethics are a bit, like... I think they're uh, a bit they're a bit she, out of place. Yeah, yeah. She. I mean, you she, know, everyone's got their own morals, which is fine, but yeah. I just... I felt frustrated. I'm like, you're supposed to be idealistic and, you know, you're going to go out and report about wars and make a difference in the world, but here you are, like... <laughs> Outing people without their consent and cheating on your boyfriend. Who are you? Yeah. It was, it was just like, what are you doing? Ethical Stephen is mad. Yes. Brr. Yes. Brr. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I reckon uh, her character kind of shit me. Actually. Yeah, it yeah, did. I, and I didn't like her too much. No, and she's it definitely took, not in my top ten. No, 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 <laughs> no. no. I mean, she was kind of funny. Like yeah. she, she provided good laughs, but. Just her as a person was very, very disappointing and frustrating. She's a very bad person. Yeah. And very naive. Like, she acts like a 15-year-old. Yeah. Even the way she talks and she jumps up and down. She's like, oh, oh wow. So, can I interview you, Jerry? Yeah. No, it's she like, kind she of like, a, like a teenage girl. Yeah. Like a she, fan girl. Yeah. Crazy. She's a bit... Maybe she's a bit... Maybe she's just emotionally immature. I think she is. She's very... I reckon she's got a lot of academic smarts, but yep. no street smarts. Yeah. Intellectual. Yeah. Uh, intellectually good yeah i guess <laughs> ironic <laughs> sound <laughs> sound intellectually sound. intellectually acceptable yes <laughs> um one thing as well i liked i think the way that she dressed was probably like a typical early 90s college student yeah the high top jeans and yeah you know, like that kind of stuff yeah like yeah. she probably listened to i figured she probably listens to nirvana and yeah. like alternative music and later like alanis morissette yeah female singer songwriters yeah you know, maybe probably in the mid 90s sure yeah yeah um yeah. tori amos i noticed as well like in her little dorm room apartment thing uh, she had a lot of art and photography on the wall. So I figured, um, again, doing a bit of research into degrees offered by NYU in the 90s, oh. there was a degree uh, in writing um, and uh, I believe it was fine arts or like creative arts or something. So maybe she was, maybe she was, maybe she did a dual degree, oh. um, you know, like majored in journalism and did a minor in, um, in you know, creative arts or painting or photography or something because she had a lot of it on her wall, so it was obviously a passion of hers. Mm. Or it could have been a house as well. Or possibly, yeah, it could have been a, a house, roomies. her roommate, or maybe it was yeah. just a hobby of hers, yeah. Sure. Perhaps. I thought if it's a roomies, there would be a second bed, and I couldn't see a second bed in the um in the in the dorm maybe her room is her boyfriend maybe Ooh. Ooh, not for long if he bed. finds out that she was cheating on him with uh with uh, old mate seinfeld oh old mate jerry mm. Mm. literally old mate <laughs> literally old mate you cradle <laughs> old, old mate. you're a cradle snatching bastard jerry uh. Um, yeah, so that, that's all I had about um, about her. Do you have anything else? No, that was it for Sharon. Yeah, I just think that her journalistic ethics, I think because she's very inexperienced, I think they could be improved on. And uh, I reckon if she were a real person, you know, 20 years after this was 
this came out. This came out, what, 25, 26 years ago? 93. 93. Yeah, 24 years 24 ago. 24 years ago. You know, she'd be in her 40s, mid-40s. Yep. I reckon she would have learned from it. Yeah. I reckon she, she'd probably be like a war correspondent mm-hmm. by now. Yeah, she, she probably did. would have traveled to Afghanistan or yeah. Iraq or Syria and comforted. Yeah. yeah Works for CNN or something. Yeah. yeah. Hard, hard-hitting journalism. I reckon she I reckon she would have changed. I reckon she would have learned the error of her ways and, yeah. and changed. I hope she had a reflective effect. moment after this and, um, you know, decided to, to be what she... I think she should be as a journalist. Yes, and yeah. I think I think the outing of Jerry, I think that taught her a lesson. Mm. I think it taught her because she she was very very sorry about it. Even yeah. Jerry said, oh, "Will you ever forgive me?" And she felt really bad. Yeah, I probably thought she probably thought to herself, "It's like a learning curve." She's like, "Actually, next time I print put something to print, I'll make sure my sources are valid and I'll make sure that my information is correct." Yeah, I won't just go off assumptions or whatever I think. Yeah, just to clarify, you know, I'm sort of half kidding when I say she's like this terrible person and she was frustrating yeah i i I guess it comes down to maybe maybe a bit of naivety and just over keenness like oh my god i've got this big story like this is my big break or this i'm really proud of this and just jump the gun before actually sort of sitting down and thinking about it and making sure that her information was correct yeah and she she didn't made an honest naive mistake although frustrating um yeah i don't think she had a malicious intent and you have to remember in the 90s coming out you, you mentioned ellen before mm. coming out was a huge thing it was sure. like oh my god massive these days if, if she released an article today saying this guy's gay oh yeah cool yeah you know like you know last month barry manilow came out yeah everyone was like oh yeah cool yep you know it was like we, we kind of figured you yeah know, 30 40 years ago we probably you could, you could see the writing on the wall with Barry yeah. you're like yeah I, I'm pretty sure he's gay yeah, yeah I remember mum once told me about uh, George Michaels you know he was I think he was in sham marriages and stuff in the 70s and 80s um, you know to prove how straight he was but when he admitted he was gay everyone was like yeah, yeah. so <laughs> yeah, like, we, we you, kind of already knew mate you hang out in the toilet cubicles yeah it's <laughs> we like your cop and bloggers from dudes <laughs> yeah in a cubicle like yeah. you know kind of, same with Freddie Mercury it's like you know, I'm gay. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. No shit. No shit. Like, cool, but, you know, not a big deal, mate. I'd be more surprised if you're not gay. Yeah, like, cool that you feel comfortable to come out. Yeah, but great. Yeah. we kind of already presume that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's Sharon. Uh, yeah. We'll go for a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about George's episode girlfriend, Alison, who's a bit of a crazy in my book. But yeah, she's we'll... a bit... Um, a bit, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about the season four episode, The Outing, this week on But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, so stay tuned. Plenty more coming up. What's going on? All right, I'll tell you the truth. I'm not gay. My name's Buck Naked. I'm a porno Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of Seinfeld. My name's Ivan and... I'm Stephen. Sorry. Oh, I'm Stephen, yeah. I was going to say my buddy Stephen, I'm but... Stephen. Oh, I'm Stephen. I'm Stephen. Does not compute. <laughs> yes, and we're talking about episode four, season... Sorry, season four, episode seventeen. You just did a me. I did a you. I did a Stephen. I <laughs> fucked up. I did a Stephen. Yep. Season four, episode seventeen, the outing, and uh, yeah, a good episode. Definitely a top twenty episode in my book. For sure. Even top fifteen, I reckon. I would agree. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic episode. I would even put it up there, even if it didn't include the. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that line. Yeah. Like that. That takes it to another level. Yeah. But even if it didn't include that, I still think it's a great episode. And we mentioned before that the issues were, I think they were um, very tactful mm-hmm. with the way that they addressed the issues. Mm. And uh, I think, it, yeah, it didn't come off as homophobic or anything. No, it, it, was it wasn't sort of leaning either way. It was just sort of 
Yeah, it was sensitive, but it wasn't preachy either. Yes, exactly. So we talked about Sharon, who's the main secondary character in this one. So she was uh, the journalist who outed Jerry by mistake. Mm. <laughs> you know, with her, uh, we talked about her journalistic ethics just yep. before. So we're going to talk about Alison, and this is the second time that she's appeared on our show. She was in the smelly car we spoke about in episode four. That we was did. another season four episode. She comes in at the end. Yeah. And uh, we didn't talk about her too much because uh, she's more prominent in the outing. Yeah. So Alison was played by Carrie Coleman. Um, she was in uh, the recent films The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what she played, but she was in. that was her main roles. Only okay. came out a few Are years they ago. the latest, latest? Yeah, the latest, latest. Yeah, yeah with, right. uh, with Andrew Garfield. Yep. And Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, she also, oh yeah, I was going to say, sorry, she was also in the episodes The Pilot. Okay. Uh, at the end, you know, when they do like the, the compilation of all the season four characters when uh, they're watching yep. The Pilot. She's one of them, yeah. And uh, The Smelly Car. Okay. Which, we, like I said, we mentioned in an earlier episode. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what do you have about Alison, Steve? Um, well, other than the uh, movies you mentioned, um, she was also a, a pretty uh, successful... T- well, she is a successful uh, TV actress. So she was in ER, JAG, Judging Amy, Charmed, um, and my one of my favourite, most underrated cartoons ever, The Tick. Oh, The Tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Good cartoon. Um, that's all I have about the actress. Uh, I... Straight away, I think she has some uh, codependency and yes, uh, yes. some, some uh, relationship issues, shall, yeah. shall we say? Yeah, definitely. I think she has a fear of being alone. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely... Because she says that George is so good, mm. and we all know that's bullshit. I don't think she actually thinks that. I think she's just scared of not being with someone who is willing to be with her. Mm-hmm. I don't think she actually thinks that George is amazing. I just don't think she could tolerate the idea of not being with someone. Yeah who can, you know, even just hang around her. And what do you reckon? She had a bad relationship? Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to... It'd be hard to judge whether it's a, like a serious mental health issue or whether it's just, you know, fear based on bad experience, you know. But, you know, for the sake of this podcast, I would say that it's... Um, I would say that it's bad experience more than, you know, some sort of mental health issue. But she said that she couldn't live on without George. Yeah. that that, that That's... You know, yeah, I mean that's, that's pretty. That's pretty intense. Yeah, that's true. You know? uh, probably column A, column B. Yeah, you know, some yeah. sort of, you know, uh, mental health issue which has led to codependency issues and just fear of, uh, you know, fear of abandonment, fear of being alone, and also just a run of bad boyfriends. And she's just holding on, yeah. even though she knows that it's probably not going to work out. She doesn't want to go through another breakup. It's just too painful for her, even though George is a fucking dud. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. we, we've mentioned that so many times. Yeah. That's like the recurring theme of yeah. the podcast. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're preaching to the choir. But, yeah. I mean, he's amazing. I love him. But he is, yeah. as a boyfriend, he is a dud. He is a dud. <laughs> uh, I think she doesn't know much about the real George, or probably okay. doesn't know yet. Yep. Uh, she's attracted to things that he's not. For example, he claims he's a porno actor called Buck Naked. Yeah, and she kind of gets turned on by it. Yeah, she loves it. And it reminds like, me of um, yeah. uh, episode nine, where... um. Uh, I can't remember a name who gets turned on by pastrami. Oh yeah, just, the blood. And just um, yeah, the blood. Vivian, yeah, that's right. By yep. um, by just sort of deli meats in general, cold yeah. cuts. Cold cuts, yes. <laughs> yeah, pastrami, the most sensual of the cured meats. <laughs> yeah, kind of reminded me of that, where it's just like this instant, like, hello, oh, porno actor, yeah, Ooh, buck naked. He knows buck naked knows a bit, doesn't he? Yeah, oh buggy. Um, I <laughs> found her to be very like uh, kind of aggressive as well. Like she's just. She she knows what she wants, even if it might not be the most healthy things that she wants, but she just states what she wants. She's like, no, like demanding and sort of... And that made me think, you know, with the combination of being t- turned on uh, 
of uh, by George being a porno actor and her personality maybe she's into like maybe she sort of um dabbles in like dom sub you know like control you know <laughs> as in it's in him kind of yeah stuff. yeah yeah oh wow you so know, she could be the dom maybe oh boy well uh, you know it's it's a common thing it might be a stereotype but i think it's kind of true where you know people who uh either have like dominant jobs like they might be a high-powered business person or they're really alpha in real life but in their sex life, they are super submissive because yeah. it balances out their life. Maybe she's the other way. I don't know. It's just something that came to mind. That's yeah. all. Fair enough. Yeah. What do you think she does for a crust? Um, maybe a mistress. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she gets paid to be a mistress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sugar daddy. I don't know. I didn't think of that. I don't think... I couldn't... I can't recall any, like, clues as to what she does, like what she was wearing or any situations. I have no idea. Yeah. What yeah. about you? Did you think of that? Nah. Yeah. Oh, I just thought I'd put it out there. Yeah. Just came to mind. I don't know. Maybe mm. she's a, an aspiring porn actress. Maybe she's. <laughs> maybe she sees George as, as her ticket into the industry. Oh no. You know. Maybe she wasn't turned on. She was excited because she's like, finally, I can live my dream. Oh God, she needs help. <laughs> What's fine? Being a <laughs> yeah. being a porn actress is a fine thing. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think she's got yeah, a lot of uh, abandonment issues, codependence. Um, I think, yeah, probably previous relationships screwed yeah. her over, yeah. I think it's just a combination, a really bad run, generally. Yeah. And I find it really ironic that she's in the outing and she comes back in the smelly car mm. and she's attracted to Susan. Okay. Now, you got to remember, you remember in the smelly car when George thinks Susan turned because of him? Mm. He's probably thinking, shit, I turned Alison too. Oh, That's no. That's the joke. True. You I know, because they break like up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I think eventually they break up. You know, later. But yeah. Yeah, because he's probably thinking in that moment in the smelly car, holy crap, they he, both turned because of me. Yeah, he's so repulsive that he just turns anyone he goes out with. Into lesbianism. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's the joke. Oh, as if yeah. he doesn't have bad enough self-esteem. That, yeah. that would just crush him. Yeah. I think it was awesome adding Allison into the smelly car. Yeah, I think definitely. It was a good, a good addition, yeah. yeah. Considering it was like a few episodes after. Yeah, and after it's funny how yeah. even though she was sort of the secondary girlfriend... Um, she didn't have much screen time. It was very um, memorable and very impactful. Very impactful, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So the next character is the, uh, well, that I have, is the Marine. So oh, yeah, yeah. he appears for 30-odd seconds in a scene. Yep. Um, very memorable 30 seconds, too. Definitely. So he was played by, uh, the character doesn't have a name, but the actor's name is Anthony Mangano. He was credited as the Marine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he has appeared in Law and Order, uh, Who's the Boss, The Wire. Um, you know, really good TV shows. Uh, I found him to be very humble and thankful. Um, I think being a Marine, he probably relies on pride and yeah, honor. So course. the fact that he was not only humble enough to be honest with himself, but be humble enough to thank a, str- a relative stranger in public, I found that very endearing. Yeah, I, I think it was very that. endearing. He had a lot of courage. He, I reckon he exactly. built up the courage to do it. Yeah, yeah, and that would have been huge. And I yeah, think that would have uh, empowered him to do it, to be more honest with himself generally. Yeah. So, yeah, I was really... That's why I really liked it, because it's like, you know... People have a hard time dealing with that anyway, but you know, in a in a military environment where it's like hyper masculine and all that stuff, mm, yeah, yeah, that would make it harder. So the fact that he had the courage to do that in his military life and his private and sort of his personal life, I th- I just thought it was a nice touch. Yeah, um, it was back in the nineties, it would have been tough. Exactly. Like yeah, I mean, it still is tough, but it's getting easier, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, I just wanted to mention as well. I I really appreciated the fact that it was added because uh, Ivan mentioned the don't ask, don't tell, which was a government policy in the military. In the military, then, yeah. up until yeah. around two thousand and eleven, I believe. I believe Obama rolled it back. Yeah, it only got repealed recently. Crazy, yeah, about four that? or five years ago. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know much about it. I'd heard of it, but I didn't know sort of what it was about. I read a bit, and it was basically a case of. The military won't ask what your sexuality is as long as you don't tell them. It's kind of like, you know, 
hear no evil, say no evil, yep. speak no evil, like ignorant. Everyone's head's in the sand yeah. and everyone's pretending that nothing's happening and we're all fine. But if you came out... Um, You'd be honourably discharged. You would be honourably discharged. Which is what would have happened to this guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the fact that they included it to highlight that as an issue, I thought was a nice touch. It was. Yeah. So the, I guess the, the last few characters... Um, we'll just run through them quick. Yeah. Yep. So we've got the male nurse uh, played by Ben Reed. Um, do you have anything on him? No. No. Okay, so he was in American Sniper. That was the most high-profile profile movie. Oh, nice. Um, I found him to be really pleasant. I think he loves his job and loves his patients. He develops a personal relationship with them. And I think he's really skilled. I think he's really good at his job. <laughs> he, he's good at sponge baths. Indeed. Um, yeah. Judging by the sounds of the uh, the patient, definitely. <laughs> Very much enjoying it. Um, and the manager, who I thought is amazing, the, uh, the the monk's manager. Isn't he the same one from the Soup Nazi? Uh, Remember how you, you mentioned yeah, the manager? he's in the background. Yeah. Yep. Is that the same guy? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Crazy. Um, he was played by Lawrence Manley. Um, pretty self-explanatory. No bullshit. Runs a tight as fuck ship. Um, he's tough, but I think he's fair. Yeah. I think he, you know, he's not friends with his staff, but they respect him because he's no bullshit. Yeah. He doesn't bullshit them. Yep. And, and, uh, yeah. and yeah. if you cause trouble, he'll ask you to leave. Yep. Yeah, which is good. Yep. Good and you're not going to say no because he's a tough motherfucker. Exactly. Um, Who else? Uh, I've got the phone guy. Oh, your phone guy. Oh, yeah. The handsome he, man, yeah. He's very hot. <laughs> um, I would assume that he would probably get a lot of phone numbers from customers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, a lot know. of women would. Yeah. Him, oh, men. Yeah. If, he, if he's that way. Yeah. I think he's just... Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. Um, Hands up. <laughs> yep. The last character is not a real character, but um, I just wanted to mention, obviously, Buck Naked is a um, kind of a, a pseudo... A pseudonym? Is that a the pseudonym, right yes. One of George's many. Um, for some reason, the name Buck Naked or George, if he was a porn actor, reminded me of uh, Ron Jeremy. Yeah. He's like sort of stocky and bald. And oh, yeah. You know, he goes against the conventional <laughs> image of a male porn star, hairy, which is like chiseled and... Hairy, yeah. hairy guy who bangs hot women. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. Um, you know, and has a big dick. So it just, it just, it just reminded me of that. I just... <laughs> thought it was worth mentioning oh god you know, just the name buck naked is, yeah it's, it's like gross. it's like humongous yeah yeah, yeah it's yuck. humongous it's yuck. Hey, have you ever played that um there's this thing on the internet I, i'm sure there's different websites now you put in um your first street that you lived in so your first pet's name and your first street name yeah that's like that's a formula porn for a porn name mine's alfred thorne okay that's mine, a good porn name isn't it that's not mine bad. what's yours mine's leo muskwood <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Why wow, you and I have good porn names? Yeah. That's freaking sick. People are going to know what streets we grew up on. Oh no. Oh Thorn. <laughs> oh God. What? Muskwood is a bit more um, <laughs> a bit more uh, obscure. Yeah, it is. Uh, so that was it for the secondary characters. Um, yeah. So do you have anything to add about any? No, of them at that all? was it. I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that was it for the outing. Yeah, not as many secondary characters, but it was a great episode. Nothing yeah, less. the secondary characters really were awesome. And again, great episode, great characters. Can't can't really fault it. Yeah. And after we've talked about it for nearly an hour, I like it even more now. Me too. I might watch it again. Yeah. If you have any info, if you have any other suggestions or hypotheticals about the characters, just let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Get in I'd touch. Yeah. I'd love um, to hear hear your feedback. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so a couple of episodes ago, you listed your top. 10 secondary characters. Yes. At the time, I didn't have a list, so I've compiled one. So I'll go through those quickly, if yeah. that's okay. So that's fine. You can do yours, and you can give like a little explanation. I yep. already gave my explanation two mm. weeks ago, so I'll just rattle through mine. But, you know, you can give a, a couple of sentences for each one as to why you picked them. I so. appreciate your permission there, Ivan. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so who have you got from number 10? Top, top 10, uh, Vivian from The Blood. Oh, great. I just found her funny, yep. um, and she was a challenging character to figure out. Yes. You know, I think we mentioned that she's conventional, seemingly conventional and kind of common sense at the start, but then turns out to be 
a, a fun weirdo. A, fo- a food fetishist. Exactly. Yes. Uh, number nine, uh, Jillian from the Bizarro Jerry. Ah, nice. Yep. Man hands. Uh, yep. yep. Um, because she's just so pleasant, and I like her character in um, True Blood as well. Oh, you got the females. Good start. Yep. Uh, Sid Fields from uh, episode two of our podcast. When I say episode, I mean episode uh, of our podcast, not the uh, series. Mm-hmm. Um, Sid Fields, the titular old man. He's just hilarious. <laughs> I just like grumpy old sort of commandingly dudes. Yes. Um, number seven, George's parents. I couldn't separate them because to me they're inseparable. Yeah. Um, if I had to choose one, I'd probably go Frank. Um, but I'll treat them as one, again, because they're insane and because they're hilarious, um, which <laughs> yeah. we talked about in detail last week. We did. Uh, number six, Harold and Manny, who we talked about in episode eight, The Apartment. Um, they're just funny. I think they work together well. Um, yeah. You know, as we mentioned, they don't have much screen time, but yeah. they, um, they're they hilarious. Nice. Number five, uh, Susan Ross. Which, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah which she was, was my a, number one two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Okay. And that was very surprising. And it made me think about... I probably wouldn't have included her, but when you explained why, it um yeah it made me realize how good how underrated she was. Oh, I'm glad you. I'm glad I uh, that rubs off on you. Yeah, That's great. <laughs> rubs off. <laughs> <laughs> um, not not rubs out. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Yes. <laughs> um, she yeah she's great. Um, <laughs> listen to that episode episode five. What's the deal with Susan? If you want to know why. Yeah yeah. Um, number four. Um, again, I sort of put these two together, the smelly valet and his B.O. Because oh, yeah. Yeah. the B.O. is an yeah. antagonist you mentioned Definitely. that week. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because the fact that something that is intangible and invisible can create so much menace and <laughs> chaos. Um, I, just, I, I just thought it was really good. Um, Brilliant. One character that I almost forgot to include, and I, I'm glad I remembered him, the record store owner. Oh, yeah, so yeah, good. Tobin Bell. Love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, episode, oh, good. Yeah, from the episode old two, the yep. old man. Where we spoke um, about Again, him. because he's just a grumpy old bastard. Um, <laughs> and we thought he was the, he turned into the jigsaw killer after that it. incident. Yeah, We hypothesized it. he became the killer. <laughs> yeah, he was so over, like, bad customers. He was done he, with humanity. He, he was driven to become a mass murderer. That's it. <laughs> um, number two, the street toughs, Bob and Cedric. Oh, you love them. Love them. Yeah, uh, they're just they're hilarious. I just I, every time, even now after so many times watching them, I still piss myself laughing. Yeah. Um, we covered them in our first episode, the Soup Nuts. If you want to listen, um, number one. It took me a little while, but I couldn't go past Alton Bennis. Oh, yeah, you said that he was your favourite secondary. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because, as I've mentioned a couple of times, I love grumpy old men, <laughs> and he's probably the grumpiest oldest man on uh, on Seinfeld. So he kind of wins by default yeah. because of my, um, uh, you know, my prerequisites for what I love. Um, and he's just fucking hilarious. Yeah. You know, he's he's in one episode, but I just love him so much. Yeah. So that's my top ten. That'll change as we go on. Yes, it is um, an ever-changing list, and obviously these are characters we've already reviewed, so yep. you're probably wondering, hey, what about this guy and this guy? It's like, no, we haven't got there yet. Yeah, when we just get to, there, yeah, we just might to clarify, these are, these are, this list is based on what we've reviewed. They're not covering already. the whole series. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we so do you, it as we go along. You said you've got an update on yours. I do, yes. I have a new number one. Okay. After Ooh. a week. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited. Yes. Did so, any change from 10 to 2? Uh, or only, just the number one Well, one, one has been left out of the top 10. There's been one that's okay, left, left out, and left out. the rest are pretty much the same order. Okay. So um, I had the Goiter lady, who was mm. number 9 two weeks ago. Mm. She's dropped out. Okay. I decided to leave her out. Yep. Number 10 is Kevin from the Bizarro Jerry. I've already mentioned why I included them yep. in two episodes ago, so I won't, I won't go into detail. Uh, Smelly Valet, number 9. Uh, from the smelly car, from the apartment at number eight, Harold and Manny, 
Uh, number seven, the old man, Sid Fields. Number six, from the stakeout, Vanessa, Jerry's girlfriend. Uh, from number five, from the Soup Nazi, Bob and Ray, aka Cedric. Uh, I put Lieutenant Bookman from the library at number four. Number three, the Soup Nazi. He dropped to number three uh, from the Soup Nazi, the eponymous title. Mm. Number two, who was my number one two weeks ago, is Susan mm -hmm. from What's the Deal with Susan. My new number one. Can I guess? Yeah. Can I try and guess? Oh, don't look at my list. Uh... Frank Costanza? You bastard. You looked at my list. No, I didn't. I can't <laughs> see did. it from here. Oh, God. No. Okay. No, I just remember saying yep. last week how much you love him. Frank Costanza is now my new number one. Yep. And That'll be a hard position to, uh, to oh, change, I, I think, I, for you. Yeah, I know. I, it's going to be... It's going to take a lot to knock him off. Yep. I think uh, Frank is just brilliantly written, mm -hmm. and Jerry Stiller did an amazing job, and he's my favourite secondary. Like, It's funny how we have like the Seinfeld dads. They're our number ones. Yeah. Because they're so erratic and aggro yeah it's great yeah definitely yeah yeah so that list will change um yeah don't don't get mad at us because we didn't include your characters yeah it's just our opinions our opinions yes. not that there's anything wrong with that no uh so we're coming up to the end uh but you have some really fun listener mail i do here it is when you control the mail you control information and this one is all the way from Canada. Moncton. Moncton. I think it's in New Brunswick, if okay. I'm not mistaken. I believe that's a province. Province. Similar NB. to like our states. Moncton, yeah. NB. NB? NB. Yeah, I think New it's New Brunswick. Yeah, yeah, I know sure. that's a place in Canada, so yeah. unless there's another NB. Uh, NB, uh, yeah. If you're from there, sorry. Uh, <laughs> if we've got it wrong and you're from there, sorry. I'll just say Moncton in Canada. Yeah, fair uh, enough. So this one's from Corey. Yeah. Um, so Corey just wrote in and he said, Hey guys, just wanted to say what an amazing idea for a podcast. Um, I'm a huge, I'm also a total Seinfeld fan. I'm looking forward to catching up with all your episodes. Well, thanks, Corey. Uh, let us know where you're up to at the moment. Yeah. Now, we'll be curious because there's uh, 11 for you to chew on. So uh, let us know where you're at. Uh, he says, I can't speak for Americans, but as a Canadian, you guys sound great. Okay. So, yeah, I think we mentioned in the first episode or two, um, you know, sort of jokingly that we hope our international listeners can understand our, our accents. Yeah. So it's great. So thanks, Corey. And he says he'll he'll probably message us again once he listens to the later episodes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to hearing from you, Corey. Yeah, no, thanks for getting in touch. It was really nice to yeah. read uh, your message. Yeah, and if you want to drop an email to us, you can email us at bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on socials at bidwabask. And we have a website, bidwabask.com. You can always drop us a message, say hey, and any suggestions or feedback, we'd love to hear it. Yep, get in touch if you feel the need. Um, to finalise the episode. To finalise. To finalise. To finalise. So formal tonight. To finalise. To the finalise the episode. To finalise the episode. <laughs> uh, what are we doing, Mister Formal? To finalise our Seinfeld transactional conversation. <laughs> um, I yeah. So I just wanted to mention and uh, thanks to my mother again. Um, <laughs> she sent us a couple of bits. Well, she sent me, but they're now ours. Yes, they're um, part of our studio now, and it's going to be uh, yeah one of many Seinfeld paraphernalia and memorabilia we're going to collect hopefully the start the of a big collection hopefully i hope we have i hope it gets to the point where we have so much we can't, we can't walk fit. through the studio yeah yeah that'd yep. be great we have that'd to be... stop the podcast because it's just a room of seinfeld stuff hey maybe one day we can give stuff away true to listeners yeah competitions or something that'd be fun that would be fun yes um yeah so my mother uh coincidentally but awesomely sent me a uh i guess you would call it a Puffy, like a miniature puffy shirt. A scale model puffy shirt. <laughs> a scale model puffy shirt, exactly. <laughs> 20, 20, 1 to 20. 1 to 20. <laughs> Whatever it is. Very, very finely crafted, I must say. Very it detailed is. considering the size. I'm impressed. Yes. In a uh, plastic box, a plastic case. 
Um, I believe it came, it might be only in Australia, I'm not sure, but it came with, um, it was like a special thing that came with uh, the, the DVD box sets when mm. they came out. Yeah. Um, I think my sister bought them all when they came out in the early 2000s. Um, and I've slowly but surely like clandestinely stolen it all. And this was the final piece. Um, and she also sent me a copy of Jerry Seinfeld's, I haven't read it yet, but um, hopefully good book from the 90s, probably at the peak of Seinfeldism where he licensed his name to everything. Yeah. Um, called Sign Language. Sign Language, yeah. I yeah. Know, a worn copy, but Indeed. it still looks pretty good. And that adorns our desk too. Yes. So yeah. we're looking at it. And uh, yeah, thanks, mum. You're a legend. Yeah, thanks, Vera. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that wraps up. Uh, episode 11 of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. That's correct. And next week, it's going to be a two-parter. Yeah. We're taking a trip, the trip, if you will, parts one and two. So we're going to talk about the secondary characters. And boy, that episode, I watched it. It's like a procedural drama with a bit of comedy thrown in. It is. Crazy. Yeah. It's um, it's very very taxing. Yeah, it is. Not not in a bad way, but just, you know, you get involved, you get sucked in. I it's the first and only time you see a dead body on the show. Yeah. It's crazy. True. Yeah. True. Yeah, it kind of it kind of crosses, I guess because it's in a new setting, they could probably introduce a lot of new things. Yeah. Um and the fact that it is in LA, usually a lot of uh, TV shows that take themselves out of their native setting. Yeah. It doesn't really work. This one did. This one did, yeah. Yep. And we thought about it. We thought, should we do one episode for part one and one for part two? And we're like, no, nah, let's do one. Yeah. We've Treat got enough characters we can do in one. Treat it as uh, one story, I think. One story, one episode. Yeah. That sounds good. So the trip part one and two next week. Yeah, we look so. forward to uh, talking at you. Yeah. yeah, talking at you. So subscribe and listen to us. And thanks again. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And we'll be back next week. Ciao. Ciao.